0: This is the uh, very first, uh, the very first session of our creative Q and A weekly roundtable, and I thought today I was looking in the Facebook uh, Facebook group, rather, and I saw that there was a question about, uh, uh, let's see here, it was how to use the sub two calculator, and I hope everyone can hear me. Okay, I just got done with my workout and uh, I'm up. I'm still super hot. So uh, I've got a fan going in here. Uh, hope I'm not making a mistake by having that going. But anyway, I uh, hope you can hear me. What I want to do today is um, I want to address this question that that came up in the uh, in the Facebook group. And that is that question was, how do we use the subject to calculator, the sub to calculator? Uh, first of all, if you have not downloaded that calculator, you can jump back into um, back into the private community. And there is a link down on the, let's see here. If you're looking this way, I think it's down here in this corner. Uh, I hope I pointed to the right corner, uh, but there's a link to the, to the subject calculator. Just go in there, um, uh, ethical bribe, shoot me your email address, and uh, we'll send you the, the link to that, uh, to download that calculator if you don't have it already. But the sub two calculator has been um, really, it's been something that uh, has been kind of, it's just an Excel spreadsheet, first of all, but it has been kind of in development. If you could say I'm not a developer, but it's been in development for uh, several years now. And um, you can use the sub two calculator basically for two different, two different functions. And, and, and it's all about seller financing. So when you, when you buy on the acquisition, acquisition side, it is all about the, you know, buying on seller financing or some sort of fel- seller financing on the acquisition side. Now, we seller finance on the disposition side as well um, for a lot of our deals. But this, uh, the, and the calculator doesn't address that. But uh, but uh, so it's, it's primarily like you're not going to be able to go out and. I mean, you may be able to figure out how to use it, like if you're going out and getting a hard money loan or something along those lines. But for the most part, this is for seller, ca- or seller carry or, and or some kind of other seller financing, primarily subject to. Um, so I'm actually working on a deal right now. Uh, just got it in yesterday, so it's really kind of fresh. It'd be a great, uh, I think it'd be a great example sh- to show you how this thing works. Um, also, before we get started, I don't know, if um, if anyone has watched, there was a, a welcome video that I did in uh, in the very, I think it's the start here section of the uh, of this group. And uh, there is a link in there, I believe, to download the Pencil app. Uh, what, you're, what you're actually logging into, it says Sub2Empire and everything like that on it. Um, but community.sub2empire.com is actually hosted on an app called Pencil. And... If you go out to the Apple Play Store, if you go out to the Google Play Store, you can download that app. And the name of uh, the spelling of that app is P-E-N-S-I-L. P-E-N-S-I-L. Uh, it's kind of, you know, everyone does a little, little twists on these names. Uh, so go down, go download an that app that will allow us to send out push notifications. Um, we kind of wanted to get away from the, the Facebook group just because... Um, Facebook can be super hard to, to monitor, you know, as a, as a moderator, as a creator and owner of that, of that group in Facebook, I have to monitor what every person says in that group. Yeah, Cause Facebook is, you know, they're the, uh, there are our, our, our moral, uh, yeah, it's the moral police these days on Facebook. So, um, it's really tough to, to monitor that here with pencil. We don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You can say whatever you want. Um, Okay, let me see. I've got a little check, uh, a little bit of a checkbox here. Um, uh, another thing about this calculator before we dive into it is that I realize that all of you are may not be in a market like I am. We, I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, so um, you know our our market can be. We are our home prices. Our our median home price is like 275, um, and that's that's actually a really nice house here. Made at 275 you're looking at a, a pretty decent house uh, you get into c and d types of areas we're talking about 175 to 200 maybe um, the deal that i'm going to talk to you today about has a has an arv of about 125 so I only tell you all, all that because I realize you're spread out throughout the country and we have different, um, you know, we have different median house prices in different areas and that's okay. The calculator will still absolutely work because, um, you know, from my point of view, we're buying hold, we're buying hold folks. So we, we, um, you know, we really, really look forward to that cash flow. Um, but you might, I have a, I have a buddy that lives in an area on the East coast. Uh, I have some students actually up in, um, I've student in New Jersey, a couple in New Jersey actually. New Jersey seems to be a really popular area for uh, for investors or people looking to get into investing. Uh, but some of those median house house prices are somewhere in the range of anywhere from six hundred up to nine hundred thousand dollars. Okay, and so your your results are definitely going to differ. Um, and what I'm what I'm mainly talking about is your rent to value ratios where, you know, if you buy something at normally here in St. Louis, let's put it this way. I can, I can buy, I can usually go by the 1% rule, which means that if I buy a property for a hundred thousand dollars, it needs to be able to rent for about a thousand dollars. That's why we call St. Louis cash flow heaven, by the way, but, um, but that's not going to be the case everywhere. I mean, there's folks out on the East coast, um, and even in, you know out, out on the West Coast as well, where if you know if you have a property that's if that's an eight hundred thousand dollar property, well guess what, they're only getting rents of about like thirty six hundred bucks, thirty you know sometimes four thousand somewhere in that range, um, and I think that's pushing it. A lot of you know that's that's pretty good rents for that area, or for those areas. So obviously they're not meeting the one percent rule. They can't, but it's just the norm in that area. So. Um, when we go through this calculator, I'll show you I'll show you, um, I'll show you uh, where that comes into play. and uh, we will we'll just work through it. It's not a big deal. I mean it's, it's you know if that's normal in your area, uh, then you know really all we're concerned with uh, at this at this point is either the equity on the back end or the cash flow. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the calculator. And let's see. Let's find a window. There we go. Okay. Let me make sure that that is showing up here. There we go. Okay. I'm gonna blow this up just a touch, so it's a little more legible. Let me make sure what see what that looks like. Okay. All right, so I'm going to give you the exact numbers on a deal um, that I am working right now. And um, uh, just so everyone knows that what you download uh, from the website is actually a template. It's an Excel template. And um, in fact, I think I have the template open up. I'm going to stop sharing this and reopen. Give me just one second. Let's see, let's do new. Okay, well, let's share this now. Okay, this is the Sub2 Profitability Calculator. Uh, This probably could be relabeled. Um, Again, let me make sure that we've got a good view. Okay, I think everybody can see that. So the Sub2 Profitability Calculator, um, essentially what we have is let me move this out of the way. We have these tabs along the bottom. Okay. We want to go from left to right here. So we're going to start out at the with the acquisition assumptions tab. So these are all of your numbers on uh, on the buy side, whenever you go in and buy a property. So. Uh, when you fill in this information, only the green fields are editable. You can only edit the green fields here. Okay, that everything else auto calculates and, uh, and spits out a result for you. So uh, all the green fields are editable. Uh, and basically once these are filled in, they're gonna be copied over to, you're gonna be able to see that on every one of these tabs. You're gonna see those, those same numbers at every one of these tabs at the top under this acquisition section. Okay, so uh, so let's just go ahead and jump in and then I'll explain what the rest of this, these other two tabs, uh, <clears throat> owner, finance, buyer, amortization schedule and your profit schedule. So Let's go ahead and jump into the acquisition side of it. Um, I'm just going to throw in one, two, three main street up here. And then we're going to jump in. All right. So you get a property comes across your desk. You're going to go out. Um, these are the numbers that we need. Now these now everything that's green in this calculator has to be completed. It has to have some value to it. So don't forget that. Don't leave anything. Don't leave if it's zero, then put in put in the number zero. Okay. Don't leave anything blank. Uh, so this property one two three Main Street that I'm working on right now. It has an after-repaired value of about $125,000. Okay. Then we jump down to fair market value. Well, fair market value is a little bit different figure, and the way that we the way that we calculate that is essentially it's going to be what is our a what's our ARV today minus any repairs. Okay. So no other no other fees, no other uh, you know there's no wholesale fees included in this, none of that stuff. Fair market value is Okay, what's our ARV minus repairs? And we do that because we base our sale later on. If we're going to sell or finance this to a buyer, we're going to base that. We're going to base that sale on the fair market value today. <clears throat> so let's go ahead and plug that in. This property doesn't need much. It only needs. I'm. I'm, I'm actually getting this from the wholesaler. Um, so. So, and he tells me there's only $2,000 worth of work. I don't really believe that. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw in another 3,000. I did see pictures. It's in good shape, but uh, so I'm going to throw in 3,000. So that would put my fair market value at 122,000. Okay. My loan balance on this. Uh, I do have a copy of the mortgage statements, the best place to get, uh, and it it should be the most recent mortgage statement. Um, So we got that from the seller and um that's the best place to get this information from if you you know if you, the seller may know this information but chances are you know you have a little bit of human error in there so if you can get a hold of the mortgage statement that'd be the best way to do this but the balance uh, as of July 1st this is July 10th the balance of, as of July 1st was 77,148 and 36 cents uh now we jump down to our expenses well expenses are are everything you know for me like this is just kind of a blanket so if you've got uh if you got any cash to the seller if you have an agent involved that you need to pay um, your closing costs here uh, generally our closing costs are anywhere from one to one and a half percent of the of the sales price uh this would be your wholesaler fee if you're buying from a wholesaler uh so for me my in my i'm this is sort of a guess, uh, but I'm going to say 7,000 just to be on the safe side. I know that my seller is looking for three to 5,000, uh, what I call walking money. And, um, of course we're gonna try and get that as low as we can, but also, but also make them comfortable. Uh, so that's, I'm going to say $3,000. Um, and I would like to give the wholesaler, this, this is a deal that the wholesaler probably, um, um, well, no, he, he could have made some money off this cause there's quite a bit of equity in this, but, uh, but it's subject to, and so the thing with this wholesaler is, is he really wants to learn the ropes subject to on subject to. So, uh, I'm looking probably at about $4,000, uh, to give to him. So I'm, I'm going to say 7,000 is pretty, uh, is, is probably where I need to be. Now, this property, uh, this, this, ex, these expenses do not include repairs. This repairs... You'll notice that repairs here is a separate item because that actually goes in and uh, makes a calculation in our uh, in some of our other tabs. So we have repairs separated out here. Repairs, I'm going to say three thousand. Well, I have to say three thousand because that is the difference between my after-repaired value and my fair market value. So it needs three thousand in repairs. This loan is actually current. So, um, so essentially there are no reinstatement fees for this loan, uh, which I do run into every so often. Most of, the, most of what we get, there's like usually some kind of arrears or I'm uh, you know, making up a couple of payments or something like that. And now this is on a subject to deal, by the way. This deal for me is a subject to deal. Uh, so there are no reinstatement fees. Uh, there's no reinstatement amount here. So I'm gonna put zero. The original underlying loan amount, uh, I have to look that up. Give me one second. I'm not sure if this one's going to tell me. Some some statements tell you, some of them don't. Um, let's see. It does not here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to... Stop sharing my screen for a second. Come back to you. And then I'm going to share. Let me pull this up. I'm going to go into PropStream and I'm going to see if I can. PropStream is not always accurate on this stuff, but uh, it's probably the the fastest tool that that I have or that, that we have available to us to find mortgage information. So let me go in and plug this address. Uh, give me one minute here. Here, let me go ahead. I'll go ahead and share my screen so you're not just staring at my mode. A brave tab. Let's go to PropStream. Okay, PropStream. This address is... one four six three wide fields uh, lane there it is all right so then i'm going to pull up the details and yes this is the property what i want to do is go over to mortgage and transaction history and just see It looks like in 2010. Well, that just doesn't seem right. Uh, Let's see. Well, I'm going to plug it in here anyway. Maybe there was a. It's it's quite possible. So so this is why I don't trust uh, PropStream entirely. Um, This shows that the loan originated in 2010. But I think the loan may have been restructured because I'm showing the maturity date on the mortgage statement of 07 of 2047. So that would mean the origination date on that loan would have been 2017. So what I'm thinking is there may have been some restructuring of this loan. Um, I don't know, but the original underlying mortgage is is located right here. Um, and that was 85,000. So I'm going to go ahead and plug that in there. I don't, I don't necessarily know that this, this is going to be correct, but let me stop sharing there. And then I will go back and share the calculator again. So I'll throw in 85,000 here. Um, that's, that's more of a, that's more of a guess. All right. So. I can I can adjust these numbers later, by the way, because I know what the exact payment is on this thing and everything. So uh, the underlying interest rate is four point three seven five. The underlying loan, the origination date of the underlying loan. And that would have been. Seven one. 2017, I know that's not what PropStream showed, but I have a mortgage statement that that this wholesaler. texted to me and it shows maturity date of July 2047. And I'm I'm going to assume since 99% of all loans uh, are 30 year uh, 30 year amortizations, I'm going to assume that if we have a maturity date of, of 2047, that we have a, a new loan origination date of 2017. OK, so I'm not following uh, what PropStream says here. I'm I'm going off of the latest, latest mortgage statement, which is a better way to do it anyway. The underlying note in terms, how many years, uh, how many, how many years are on the term? And that's a 30 year note. It's a 30 year amortization. Okay. So let me just verify some numbers here real fast. This is why a, uh, this is why having a mortgage statement is so much better. See, this is this is pretty far off. Um, let's see here. I got to play with some numbers here. My my principal payment, according to the mortgage statement, principal and interest is. Hold on one second. 422. Oh, that's about right. Okay. So that's, um, that's about right. I'm right in there. That's actually really, really close. Okay. And I, prior to this video, I did look up what the taxes were. The taxes are 110328 right now. And the yearly insurance now I'm going to go out. If I'm going to buy this and close on this, I'm going to go out and get a brand new insurance policy anyway. But I'm going to base my numbers off of what current P.I.T.I. is now because um, I know that I can go out. I can get a way better rate than what they're paying. They're paying an exorbitantly uh, high amount for uh, an exorbitant amount for for insurance right now. It's insane. On a $122,000 home, they're paying almost $2,000 a year, which is I can probably get that down to somewhere in the six to seven hundred dollar a year range, which is actually going to help my cash flow later on. Um, and that actually is part of my process. I will go out and get a, uh, I will go out and get an insurance quote, and that will help me calculate what my, what my cash flow is today. And that really comes into play later on when we start talking about seller financing, because if I'm going to sell or finance a property to someone, they are going to be responsible for the taxes and the insurance. So. Um, it helps me build. It helps me build my cash flow uh, later on when I sell or finance it. So, uh, but the yearly insurance on this one is eighteen ninety six, ninety six, which is just outrageous. There are no H, o, HOA. There's no HOA here, so no no fees, no HOA fees. And let me see how close my monthly PITI is in the calculator versus what it's on, what it is on the. Uh, yeah, we are right in there. Right in there. Okay. All right, so now we have the acquisition assumptions tab filled out. I'm going to jump over now. So so this is our these are our numbers when we buy. Now I'm going to if I'm going to I'm going to actually pick I prefer an owner finance exit. I'm not a good landlord. I don't like being a landlord. So I choose to then go out and sell this property. Um, as a buy and hold investor, I choose to sell this property on seller financing. Okay. I'm going to owner finance a buyer. All right. That's a whole different topic. One that we'll, uh, 100% I know we'll discuss later. So my exit is owner finance. So I'm going to go ahead and click on the owner finance tab. And you see everything that I put in that, on the acquisition assumptions tab shows up in the second tab as well but now here is where i get to get really creative what i am what i am trying to do here is i am number one i am able to, to create kind of a um it's almost like a fiat type of uh, i get to create my own equity here to in a sense uh, so if i'm selling something on seller financing um, I can generally charge on the high end of of what the going rate in the market is. So and even sometimes above. So what I'll do, if my current market value is 122, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a, I would start with 10 10 sales bump. So I'm gonna charge 10% over what the what the current market value is makes sense. So I dump in uh, 10%. So I might be able to sell this in that market for for around 134. Probably not. So I'm going to go ahead and back that off. I'm going to let's say 7%. So that adjusted the owner finance sales price to 130. I think I could probably I think I could probably do that. I might even bump that down. And let's let's try 6%. All right, 6% puts me below 130. Uh, since this house needs so little work, um, you know, I think I, I think I could get away with going above market. It's worth about 125 actually, but I'm I'm going to bump that up to around 129 because I'm seller financing it and I can do that. All right, so you see the results so far. My day one equity spread after I've calculated fair market value, what the loan balance is, all of my expenses, all of my buying expenses. Okay, now I've, so that told me um, current equity originally in in the acquisition assumptions was $34,851. But since I was able to bump that price up six by 6%, that increased my owner finance sales price, which also increased my equity in the deal so now i'm looking at a uh, day one equity spread of forty-two thousand one hundred seventy-one dollars. all right so if i'm if i'm gonna sell this thing on seller financing it's just like any it actually it is actually by irs standards it is a it's called an installment sale Um, so i get to actually collect down payment if i choose all right and i i i like to start everything around 10 percent um you really need to gauge this number based off of the area, you know, like the median, the median income is where it's kind of what I like to gauge it off of. And I know in this particular area, uh, $12,000 is probably totally doable. I can probably get a little bit more out of that, maybe 15. I'm going to leave it at, I'm gonna leave it at a 10% down payment. All right. Now this down payment is based upon obviously this owner finance sales price. Can you see this? I hope you guys can see this. Let me blow this up a little bit more. Hope that's better. Okay, so I bumped bumped it up 6%, new owner finance sales price, Uh, my day one equity spread. What happened to my equity spread here? Oh. Okay, that's what happened. All right. My day one equity spread is forty two thousand one hundred seventy one. However, when when somebody puts a down payment down, I'm taking some of that equity out immediately. And so you're going to see this number actually decrease. So if I'm going to take a 10 percent down payment. Now, my day one equity spread, if they went out and refinanced it tomorrow, this would be how much I would be making when they refinance that and you know, I paid off all the underlying loans and everything. So I'm going to collect $12,932 owner finance term in years. This is the same thing as, as any other lender. So you're so how many years are you going to amortize this for? I'm going to amortize it for 30 years, a lot of people do 40, whatever I like to do 30. Now my owner finance interest rate, this is where it really gets interesting. So so we can see that if we go down here to monthly cash flow, we are now, we're negative and we're we're in the negative. We know that our underlying interest rate is 4.375%. So what we're going to do is we want to, all we're doing is arbitraging interest rates here. So what we want to do is we want to bump that interest rate up um so that we get the cash flow that we're looking for out of this deal so i'm going to say let's just say 7% for right now okay at 7% by the way there is something called usury laws uh, in uh every state every state has them or at least they have them defined a lot of states there's there's no uh, there's no limit in missouri i'm in st louis um If I'm going to sell or finance someone, uh, I need to, I can't go, I can't go any higher than 10%. There is a, there's risk there. You know, it's, it's, it's codified. It's against the law to go above 10% in my state. You're going to need to find out what that is in your state and, and stick to that. Otherwise you can get yourself into some trouble. Uh, I'm well within, um, I am well within the, the, the boundaries of the law here. So uh, I'm going to stick at at seven uh, percent. So what I've done, I've created a spread based upon uh, based upon the interest rates. So this underlying interest rate, four point three seven five, I am charging seven. So I'm going to take that additional three point three seven five, and that is how I'm going to I'm going to adjust that to create the spread that I want, the monthly cash flow that I want. And so now we can see that monthly cash cash flow is. Jumped up to three hundred forty-nine, three hundred fifty dollars a month, while three hundred fifty happens to be my minimum, my minimum cash flow on any deal that I that I want to do. Uh, but if we look at what we're really looking for, is this owner finance PITI? That's principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. So we take our, what we do is we take our principal and interest on this new deal, on this new, these new figures, the seller finance figures. So the principal and interest here, but we also calculate in what our, what our current taxes are from our acquisition assumptions, which is right here and our current yearly insurance. And this is the reason that I use the current insurance because almost all owner occupied um, insurance policies are, are just way, way too expensive. I can get them I can get a policy written that would match this uh, as a landlord it'd be a landlord policy but I can get this uh, for a whole lot cheaper probably at least $1000 a year cheaper so what is that going to do that when I when I actually do implement that policy it's going to actually increase my cash flow so right now I'm pretty good at what this cash flow is bringing me but I wanted I wanted to talk about this owner finance PITI so you want to work these numbers. Essentially, you got to ask the question. Why do folks why do people buy a buy a home over just renting? And for the majority of people, I think, number one, they're building equity in something. Uh, number two, generally speaking, uh, rents, uh, rents are going to be higher. Your, your, a house payment is generally going to be a little bit lower or, or maybe even substantially lower than rents in any given area, you know, because I mean, it's just expected it's, it's everywhere. That's just how it, how it is. So what I like to do to get to this number or to, uh, to establish an owner finance PITI, I like it to look at it through the lens of a buyer. If a buyer is going to rent in that area, they would probably, in this particular area, they would probably looking at a rental rate of probably anywhere from twelve to fourteen hundred dollars for this property. All right. So I actually, I actually could bump up this interest rate. If I bumped it up to seven point five, I mean it's very slowly creeping up there, but I want to. I generally want to come in just below what the rental rates are in that area. That makes it more enticing for my buyers to uh, for a buyer to come in. You know, if they see that they can go out and rent something in that area for fourteen hundred dollars a month, but I can provide them a home that they can build equity in for one thousand and sixty three dollars. Well, that is just that much more uh, uh, beneficial to them. Right. So uh, so that's how I like to come up with this with this number. And if we go down, we look at so now my monthly cash flow. If I'm at seven and a half percent, which is totally normal. I mean, we charge anywhere from seven to nine and a half percent, depending on the, the cash flow we need. I'm okay with this cash flow on this deal. Uh, I'm not trying to. Uh, uh, I'm not trying to be greedy. You know, there's a there's a saying that hogs get fed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pigs get fed. Hogs get slaughtered. And so uh, I'm not going to be greedy here. I'm happy with this cash flow. And uh, I'm going to move forward. All right. So what happens is we have this calculation. Um, we we figure out what our cap rate is on the home. A lot of people only do that on uh, on multifamilies, but we do it on every single property. Um, and then we look at something we call the loan constant. The loan constant is uh, nothing more it's an assessment of, of risk. Like it's the actual cost of the loan. Okay. That is what creates your spread. And in this case, we have a spread of 4.6%, which is which is fantastic. This is this would be like that rent to value ratio, Um, although that's a little bit different calculation. Um, This is how we create the spread between the between our underlying loan that we're taking over and the current value cap rate of the of the property. And so so we can see that this turned it, it was red and it said no because our minimum spread is a, is one percent. We need to have at least one percent. So we're well above that here. So this would be a this is going to be a great deal for us. This would be a fantastic deal, and uh, we will we'll advertise for a buyer. We'll turn around and sell this uh, to that buyer, and we will make this every month. Uh, so so let's look at the let's look at three ways we got paid here. Uh, we got our down payment, right? We got paid. We got pulled a little bit of that equity out of that house. Uh, we are going to have our monthly cash flow, and then also when they do refi us out, um, I'll show you this later. But if they refied, because obviously they're going to be paying this down. But if they refi the day after we sold this to them, that's what I would. That's the check that I would walk away with uh, once they refi. So this is a very good deal for us uh let's jump over to the lease option if you do lease options uh, i gotta blow this up as well same sort of deal uh but you're you're a little more limited um so you, again our acquisition assumptions transferred over to this tab so our monthly rent let's say our monthly rent there is 1400 uh, we're going to do a lease term for 24 months we're going to do a repair allowance of Probably six percent because we usually we what we see with rentals is anywhere from a a five to seven percent five five to seven percent of the monthly rental rate is what we is what we tuck away for uh, for repairs so I'm going to keep it at six percent. Are there any utilities that you pay? You can plug that in here. There wouldn't be for me. Uh, The negotiated sales price. Now, this is the sales price that you have negotiated. If this is a lease option, you know, you're going to have a separate agreement for your lease that you will for the option. But you negotiate that sales price up front on that option contract. So the negotiated sales price, let's say in two years, our current fair market value is 122. Let's say in two years. We want to sell that for, I don't know, let's say it's one thirty. All right. So that's our, that's our, that's our future sales price that we've negotiated today. Our option fee, this is going to be, um, when somebody signs an option contract, they generally give you an upfront payment, um, anywhere. It can, it can range anywhere from three to $10,000. I'm going to say, in this particular area that I'm dealing with, we're probably looking at more like $3,500. That would be the option fee. Now this is this is controversial. I probably, um, probably is going to come out of this calculator eventually, uh, but a lot of you right now are doing a percentage. You may apply a percentage of the option fee to the sales price. So let's say that this option fee was um, if it's thirty-five hundred dollars, what percentage of that, um, what percentage of that option fee are you applying towards this sales price? So, what percentage of thirty-five hundred dollars is going to reflect in the final sales price, or what they're going to owe when they actually, uh, when they actually close on it? I hope I'm making sense there. So, let me just—I want to put in fifty percent. Actually, you know, I'm going to do zero. I, I don't recommend you do this because there is um, there there can be there can be problems with with litigation if because some some judges will look at this or some municipalities, counties, wherever uh, wherever you're at, might look at this option fee as an equity building uh, type of type of fee. Uh, if, and if that's the case, then you're in for a whole different set of, of litigation. And really it all depends upon how your option is worded versus your lease. If those two reference one another in any way, you can forget about it. I mean, I I just would not reference, I, I wouldn't commingle. I wouldn't tie those two documents together. They have to be separate and they cannot reference one another because you can go out and buy an option contract very easily without leasing a property. You know and uh, and that's that would not be considered an equity building uh, activity Uh, but if you are this would this would sort of look as like um kind of like a down payment is what it would look like Uh, so we don't we don't do that i'm going to leave it at zero um you have a you have an option to some people will apply a a percentage some people will apply a just a flat out monetary portion of that sales price I'm sorry, of that option, option fee to the sales price. So I'm going to do zero here as well. Um, Monthly portion of the rent that's applied to the purchase. Again, I don't recommend this, um, but you can, you can say, let's say the the rent is 1400, but if they make timely payments, uh, you might apply, I don't know, a hundred dollars per month towards the, towards the final sales price. So you would deduct. From the final sales price, hundred dollars per month for twenty-four months of of, uh, of timely payments. So you would deduct, you know, you would be deducting twenty-four hundred dollars from this hundred and thirty. I don't recommend you do it. it. It could be looked as a as a, an equity building activity, so we don't do it. But it's here if you if you do that now. So I'm going to make that zero. Property management expenses. Uh, Those are always right around eight to 10%. So there's that. Uh, So we've got all of the green filled out. Let's go down and take a look at our numbers. Our total front end cash requirement is $10,000. So that is going to be, um, that is going to be our repairs and our expenses. And so you will have to come up with this $10,000. That's what you're going to have tied into this deal. Remember, with the seller finance option, we got twelve thousand dollars up front, so we have no—we actually made money on the sale right up front. Okay, so we might have had to put in ten thousand dollars for uh, for repairs and expenses, but we also took a twelve thousand dollar down payment, so that pays us back. We have—we actually got paid to to, to take this deal. All right, so, but nevertheless, if you're willing to put $10,000 into a, into a, uh, uh, into a deal, then actually, you know what this figure now that I'm looking at it is uh, this figure needs to be worked out because we did take an option fee of 3,500. So I'll have to fix that. Yeah, I can't change that yet. Okay, so I will fix that. Let me write that down real quick. Fix front end to reflect and deduct option fee, okay. All right, so that does need to be fixed. All right, our reserve requirement reserves for us uh we have reserves on on uh, the owner finance exit and we also have reserves for um for our lease option exit all right so uh, reserves are usually uh we would like to do three to six months here we have it calculated to do six months worth worth of the underlying payment so the underlying payment is 674 we multiply that by six. D thirty five. Yep, six seventy four. We multiply that by six. We get four zero four six in reserves. Okay, that's that's what we need to have in reserves. Our front end cash intake. We are down. It says it says negative sixty five forty five. But we did not remember. This calculation is based upon um, based upon this. Uh, Fronting cash requirement minus this option fee, which is not working, so this will actually look like uh, about three thousand uh, dollars in the negative for front-end cash intake. Our total back end profit, since we're not taking a down payment, our total back end profit, um, if 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 let's say you know that person signed that option contract, right? You know they can have the out, they have the 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 option to purchase that property um, at any point from the time they sign that option fee up to when that option expires, which is it's going to coincide basically with the, with the lease. So it'll probably be a 24 month option. Uh, But if they, if they bought it on day one, they turned around and bought that property on day one, this is, this will be the check that you walk away with from, uh, from the title company. My monthly expenses uh, that's a combination of all of these other utilities paid by you your um, your property management expenses all that good stuff this is your monthly cash flow now this looks great you've got this five hundred two dollar five hundred two dollar uh, monthly cash flow but remember you've got ten thousand dollars or you have some money in the deal this again this is not correct because we we didn't you got to deduct the 3500 from that but you still have you still have money in the deal but that's great cash flow that's really great cash flow this is the number of months before you break even what that means is how much money you have in the deal divided by what your monthly cash flow is so in 13 months at 502 dollars per month you will break even from your the, the money that you have in uh, currently in the deal and makes a cash on cash return of 60.19 percent and so this is a this is a really really screaming deal it'd be a good deal for for a lease option i wouldn't be afraid to do it i don't particularly uh, i don't do lease options because i still think uh, I, it still feels like i'm a landlord uh so i don't i don't care for it um let me jump over to our rental exit i'm gonna try and breeze through this one i know this is getting kind of uh kind of long but Monthly rent, we're going to go $1,400. Again, everything's been transferred over. The security deposit, um, if you charge first and last month's rent, it might be $2,800. Lease term might be, let's say, 12 months for just a regular rental. Repair allowance, again, is going to be 6%. You're paying trash and water, you know, that might be, uh, that might, and maybe, maybe sewer, trash, water, and sewer, that might be $100 a month. And then property management, say 10% again, Uh, this would be your reserve requirement, front-end cash intake, total front-end cash requirement. Um, Total monthly intake, that is going to be your rent minus all your expenses, that's $1,260. Um, Your monthly expenses, just showing what what your monthly expenses are, the $324 a month. Total monthly cash flow is $401. 14 months to break even 48% cash on cash return, because remember, you don't have a whole lot of cash into this deal. Okay. So um, again, this is another screamer of a deal. I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't worry about this, uh, uh, this spread as you got a 12% spread. So you're way, way, uh, I mean, you are, you've got a really, really good deal on your hands. And then for, for giggles, for all you flippers out there, let's go ahead and jump into this one. So we're on the flip exit. I don't know why that says. No, who plugged that in there? Maybe that was in there uh, prior. Uh, So our purchase price is going to be. Actually, this can be auto calculated. This would be whatever your negotiated purchase price is. So uh, for us, if we're buying for for buying, we're taking over a loan at 77 plus our expenses. Let me do some quick math here. Got seventy-seven one forty-eight thirty-six plus seven thousand. We're buying this for eighty-four one forty-eight eighty-four one thirty-three six. we look at our um, these numbers are off these are off. What in the world is going on here? Guys, I got to go through this, I got these numbers, I think these cells have been moved around. So um, I will, uh, I'm not I'm not going to continue on the flips on the flip exit one on the flip exit tab. So uh, I don't want to confuse anybody. And I certainly don't want to have to take the time to uh, while we're on this video to fix this. But I'm going to skip the flip exit one uh, you probably have a separate tool outside of that to outside of this to uh, to figure out what that is anyway but I will get this fixed and get it out there So let's jump over to the this stands the OF here stands for owner finance amortization schedule let me blow this up So when you when you double click on the um, on this template, it's going to open up a brand new uh, spreadsheet for you for every deal that you do. So this is a really convenient way for you to, um, this is a really convenient way for you to keep track of, let's say, let's say next year you have to, you know, if you're going to sell or finance something uh, you're going to have to send out a 1098, a 1098 shows the interest that was paid on a particular loan. So, That is something that you need to keep in mind. You will have to do that every year uh, because your, you know, your seller finance buyer is going to be able to depreciate this property. You know, they, they own it, they can sell it. They can depreciate the, the, the asset on their taxes. They can, uh, you know, they, they, they experience appreciation. They have all the benefits of home ownership. So essentially what this amortization schedule is going to allow you to do. And this needs to be, we can, we can see that the uh this is locked down but essentially uh we're going to take the principal the term all of this is just transferred over from from this tab you can see the principal amount was 116,388. if i hover over this you can see that's there but it's just cells wished a little too much uh our term is 30 years if you want to do a balloon loan, this is where you're going to plug you're going to plug this in here. If you're not if you're going if you're not going to do a balloon loan, a balloon term, then you're just going to plug in the same number of years that you're financing it for. So if I don't want a balloon loan, if this is not going to be a balloon loan, I'm going to plug that in to match the term, okay? But if I want this paid off in 7 years, And I am going to plug in seven years right here. It's going to update this entire, uh, this entire amortization schedule. Uh, I'm not going to do a balloon loan here. I'm going to give them 30 years. Again, my interest rate has transferred over here from my seller finance tab. And here we put in where, when our first payment date is. It's uh, today is July 10th. I'm going to plug in August 1st. So 8-1-2022. You see this entire column has now updated. And then if we look over here, we look at um, this just converts uh, this these years into months. This is our monthly rate of interest. This is actually, I think that that, that number is not quite correct, but um, it is correct. It is correct. This is our, this would be 6.2. Um, this would be 0.625% per month. That's the monthly rate of interest. So we take our seven and a half percent, we divide that by 12. So be 0.075 divided by 12. And this is what we come up with. This makes their monthly payment of Eight thirteen eighty. 80 this is combined principal and interest this is the maturity date of their of their loan if this was uh, if this was a seven-year balloon you would see that that changes to 2029 but since I'm making a 30 year we're gonna we're gonna say that it goes to 2052 so essentially, Um, now we have an amortization schedule. So if they go to buy this, now we can give them a payoff. We can say, okay, let's say they've been paying on it for, I don't know, they've been paying on it for 48 months. We go down here to the 48th month and we can see that they they have a balance of $111,570.26. That is their payoff to us, okay? If we change this balloon, Term, let's say let's take it back to seven. This balloon date now changes to 2029. So now what we're going to do is we're going to look at the date column here. We're going to go to two thousand and twenty nine, and we can see that eight one is highlighted in blue. So we just look over here to our amortization uh, uh, our balance due on our amortization table we can see that they owe us now 106,738. So if they went the term of this balloon loan, they have to pay this off August 1st, 2029. This is the amount that they that they owe, okay? Pretty simple. So now let's jump to what really matters and that is, uh, that is our profit. Let me go ahead and blow this up a little bit more. Okay, so this automatically fills in, and this, hold on one second. Now that's, the sheet is not protected. Okay, so now what we have is everything has transferred over from all of this information has transferred over into this tab, the profit tab, and so now what we can see is that uh, we can see our profit month by month here, okay? So what we're saying is that um, what we have is our original underlying balance. This, this is all based upon the underlying loan, okay? So so we owe right now 77148 on the loan that we took subject to. This is our principal, or this is our payment, this is our interest on that, this is our principal. Uh, this is our ending balance. So once we make this payment, this is our new balance, right? This is our profit if the seller, uh, if the seller, this is our profit without cash flow. So if our if our seller went ahead and bought this property uh, on 8-1, this is what our profit would be, all right? Our total profit this column includes this also adds this is your cash flow and the profit if the seller refi's so we take our monthly cash flow which which is uh, it's 389 take our monthly cash flow we add it to our our current our, our current profit and this is this just accumulates over over the period of, um, of the loan Okay, so if we get down, if they went this entire 30 year term, if we went the entire 30 year term, you can see what our accumulated profit is until they pay it off. If they went to 2047, which is right here, our profit during the term of their loan would have been $157,000. our accumulated cash flow is $116,043 so once they pay that off obviously it's pure profit from there and uh, and yeah those numbers are very very impressive so that is really it Uh, this this whole thing was just designed like these these last two tabs are really there for the owner finance exit okay so Obviously, if you're going to do a lease option, you know, you either, you know, I say they think they say right around 20% of all lease options, people with option contracts on properties, only about 20% of those actually convert, they actually buy. And I found that to be true. I used to do lease options uh, quite a bit, but um, yeah, that's really it. Essentially, uh, that is the subject to profitability calculator. Um, Let me see real quick. All right. So I think that's going to be it for this uh, for this Q&A uh, brand new platform here. So, uh, you know, we've got a little while we got to build this out, but I, I thought we'd go ahead and put these videos out. Uh, might get some folks, uh, you know, switched out of the Facebook group into into this group. Uh, I did record this video, so I will go ahead and have it uploaded uh, into, uh, on the YouTube and I'll share it in the Facebook group as well, but I really would like to see people come over to the private side. It's, it's, uh, it's been really, really great. So much better, but that's all I've got. Thank you folks. And we will see you next week. All right. Take care. Any questions, go ahead and post them in the, um, in the, go ahead and uh, reply in the, in this particular post. All right. Take care.